Hey there, Tony Akinumi here, and you're listening to the Outside Girl Podcast. Join me every other week as I sit down with some incredible women as we discuss their experiences of feeling like outsiders and what they do now to elevate other women to feel empowered, bold, and live their life unapologetically. So on today's episode, I'm joined by Palak Loizides, founder of Embiria, an event-based community connecting people through meaningful workshops, creative experiences, wellness, and self-growth. Before starting her business, Palak worked in corporate marketing for companies like the Toronto International Film Festival, or TIFF, RBC, and Indico, launching various products we know and love, like the Indigo Plum Rewards Program, for my fellow book lovers out there. She's a total force. I am so excited to talk to her today. All right, so Palak, I love to start my interviews by asking this question. Everybody gets it. So it's just, when have you ever felt like an outsider, and how did you navigate those feelings? Oh, well, first, thanks so much for having me Of course. Today. Um, so in terms of feeling like outsider, I think there's been multiple moments throughout my life, but one of the most recent ones that sticks out um, is actually when I transitioned from corporate to launching my own business. And that's something that I never thought would happen. I thought it would be like a natural move for me and I would just kind of seamlessly get into it. Um, but the biggest life changes kind of happened around that and that was really when I felt like I couldn't necessarily relate to the people that were in my life uh, prior to launching the business. So a lot of my circle came from university where we all went to school together at UT, did my business degree, and a lot of friends were part of that circle. So we had all landed corporate jobs after graduating for really great companies around the city, but I was one of what I felt like was uh, one of the few that ended up going out and venturing on my own. And I think it made a lot of people question why I was doing that. So I really had to kind of look and see who my community was. And at that point I was craving new community that I could relate to other business owners, female entrepreneurs, um, people that work for themselves, just, just so that I could kind of understand their struggles and challenges and feel supported because it was hard to relate to my past community. I felt like an outsider when I was with them because they often wouldn't necessarily understand what I was doing, why I was doing it and why I would make the leap. Mm-hmm. What was kind of a catalyst for wanting to make that leap. In terms of moving from corporate. Yes. Yeah, so I I think it like happened probably my last year of kind of corporate at TIFF, I was starting to look inward a little bit more. I mean, I think it kind of naturally happens when you are in your 30s and you're reflecting a bit more and just thinking about what you really want to do with the rest of your life. And for me, that involved things that I was personally aligned with. And I really wanted to get a little bit more into that I loved working corporate jobs. I didn't, there was nothing against um, the companies that I worked for and I had no idea that I wanted to launch my own business, but I knew I wanted to do something that I was personally passionate about. So at that point in my life, a lot of that revolved around wellness and creativity. I mean, I loved attending workshops in the city. I loved taking yoga classes and kind of understanding my own personal wellness journey and getting to know people that were on one as well. Um, And so I started to brainstorm and kind of think about what I could do that would relate a little bit more to that. Um, I had also been in corporate for 10 years and I just felt like no matter what industry I would switch to, a lot of the same work would be there. So I was in marketing at that point, this was kind of pre all the crazy digital media and social and all that stuff. So it was more brand marketing and I was just ready for that change. I didn't want to necessarily continue down the path and I didn't necessarily see 
my career in digital marketing and, and moving forward with that. Mm-hmm. So I guess the environment changing was more of the catalyst that made you like, okay, you know what? Things are changing. I really love this thing over here. I think it's that time to kind of make that move. Is that kind yeah, of what you meant? Yeah, and it was more of like, I didn't really know exactly what the business would be when I left TIFF. Mm-hmm. It was um, at that point just a very small seed that was kind <laughs> of planted in my head. But really I had, actually what I wanted to do was take time off to figure out what I even loved doing as an adult. So that's that was a big thing for me because I, Feel like I fell into decisions without consciously thinking of them so even going to U of T getting my business degree I mean my older sister went to U of T and it was just like a natural path for me and I thought it was a good fallback with a lot of options when you get a business degree and it was a great kind of fun foundation to build but I wasn't really reflecting and thinking as an adult what do I like like what am I curious about what are the things that I'm actually passionate about and I found that over those 10 years I wasn't necessarily asking those questions mm-hmm. I was more looking at what does my career trajectory look like and what's my next step and what's the next promotion um, or what's the next role. And I work for companies that I love, like Indigo, like I personally love their products. But um, at that point, I was just, after I had left and gone to TIFF, I was just ready to really kind of hone into who I was and wanting to do something that was just very aligned with that. Mm-hmm. And before we actually started this podcast, uh, Palik and I were kind of discussing that linear path that a lot of us kind of grew up with, where it's like you go to school, you know, you go to university, you might do your master's or you go back into the, the, the job field. And we don't really always get that opportunity to think, OK, is this what I want to do? And for yeah. how long do I want to do this? It's like this is just what we're taught to do. Like right. We're just going to go down this path. And when people kind of venture off of that path, it's like, whoa there, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, that's, <laughs> it. that's exactly it. And that's kind of what I felt was like the strongest reaction. So mm-hmm. I was on that path. I was totally like checking off all the boxes. It was great on paper, um, great on my resume, on my LinkedIn, <laughs> like all that stuff was awesome. But personally, I was like, okay, wait, am I going to really do this for the next like 30 years of my life? I feel like after 10 years, I had already progressed really well in my career. I was in a senior position. Um, and I was like, what's next? If this is where I'm at and I'm a 30, then what would be my next step? And I really didn't want to see myself necessarily in a, in a more senior position in a corporate environment mm-hmm. at the time. Um, so yeah, I, having ventured out, it really did bring up that reaction in a lot of people. And that's what I meant by I started to kind of feel left out of my old group of of people that I knew and was surrounded with because I was doing something totally different. I didn't necessarily have examples of other business owners or people that I could kind of follow the path. I was forging it for myself. And in doing that, I had a lot of questions like, what's your plan B? Like, what if this doesn't work? Um, Oh, you're really gonna leave to like do your own thing? Oh, you're gonna do it full time? Like, this isn't gonna be like a side hustle or just a fun project. I'm like. No, no, I'm going all in. And wow. it made people really uncomfortable. And I think still to this day, it makes people uncomfortable because it's just not necessarily something they can relate to um, or see for themselves. And so I think they find it hard to talk about or ask questions about simply because it feels like a whole new world to them. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's a whole new world for me too. Um, and one that I'm navigating, but I mean, one that I'm super happy to be in. Yeah. So when starting Emberia, you know, what were kind of the, actually, can you even start by explaining more about sure. more about it? Yeah, so Imperia means experience in Greek. Um, it's a company I launched about two years ago, just over two years. 
And really the whole premise of the company was because I was craving that community and connection. And so I thought it would be really great to bring people together, like-minded people that could do shared activities and get to know themselves better, get to know one another better, um, and kind of do something different other than the typical, let's go for drinks or let's go for brunch, which is great, but sometimes you want something a bit deeper and want to bond with people on another level. And so it started off with me thinking of doing these yoga and brunch pop-up events, which was my very first event that I threw and um, it very quickly evolved and started to become all sorts of different activities that could connect people, whether it meant they were getting into the creative side and doing something with their hands like painting or building macrame plant hangers or calligraphy, um, things that kind of made them nostalgic about what it was like to be a kid. Um, and then there's also wellness experiences like the yoga and the meditation, things that get you grounded. And then I've also evolved to include some per personal growth um, experiences as well. So a lot of like reflecting and journaling and um, letting like everything kind of get quiet and reflecting on yourself. Because I found that me going through all of those things for myself was so valuable and so beneficial to make my path clear that I wanted to offer it to people as well. Yeah. And how have you found starting this business? What has your experience been like? What have been kind of the, the blockers, the successes and, yeah. and things that, you know, you wish you knew before even starting it? Oh, there's so much I wish you knew that someone would tell me like a guidebook. <laughs> and I obviously tried to uh, get as many documents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I surrounded myself with other business owners and mm. all of that. But I think the biggest learning has been from like throwing myself into it and just learning as I go. So for me, I'm a solopreneur. Mm. It's just me. I used to have a team of five people in my corporate job. So to then go from that and having the support and even having a boss to report to and kind of give you direction and give you deadlines, like all of a sudden that was all gone. All of my structure and routine and stability and all of it um, kind of disappeared very quickly. So. It took a lot of learning on um, how to work for myself and work on my own. And at the beginning, to be honest, it was very isolating. I mean, you're working on your own, either in my home office or in a cafe and just kind of rotating through cafes. And I mean, I wish I knew how important the value of community was in terms of surrounding myself with other business owners. And so over the past two years, I've done that. And that has really changed um, everything for me because I'm able to relate to them. We can talk about our challenges and um, the things that are going well. And so, I mean, the thing that I love about it is the fact that I have been able to be so creative and the freedom that comes with that. There's no red tape. There's no one telling you, you can't do this. Like all the ideas that I come up with, I can execute if I want to. I can choose the people that I want to work with that I feel aligned with. So it feels like less like work and more just like something that is so true to me. Mm. How do you, you come up with that structure? Like I'm sure from literally like, having that structure for 10 years to just be like, okay, I can do whatever I want. I'm sure that must have been tough. So what yeah. were, I don't know, what kind of programs or, you know, what kind of tools did you use to help you kind of stay structured? There's so many uh, tools and tricks and tips that I've started to learn along yeah. the way because um, I think you very quickly realize that you think, oh my God, I have all this freedom. I can like go to a yoga class at one in the afternoon and then like work in my pajamas and oh. all this stuff that thinks you think is so glamorous and that that's what you're going to do. But um, you quickly realize how important it is to get that. So I've started to implement things that actually bring me back to that structure and routine because you realize that that's really what's going to get you to be productive. It's not um, sustainable to have like a schedule that's kind of all over the place and feels frantic. So I've started to implement a lot, especially in the past year, I would say. 
Um, I have a morning routine that I stick to, so I actually sleep with my phone, not inside my bedroom. Oh, so that's that, so right? good. Yeah, it's honestly been life-changing. Like, that, that step alone, to not grab your phone first thing in the morning, to let myself have space to wake up and think, like, what would be the point of going on my phone and crowding my mind with other people's mm. stuff that they're working on that might kind of move my path away from from what I want to do. So instead of like overwhelming myself with everything else and all the noise out there, I let my mornings be really quiet and I start them really slowly because I think I value that after coming from corporate where mm. I'd be rushing <laughs> out the door um, to get to work. And now it's like, I value those mornings. So I, I journal, I like have lemon water in the morning, I read a little bit and then maybe an hour after I wake up, that's when I'll dive into emails or whatever. But the way that I structure my day now um, is kind of around the concept of batch working. Which I found really works for me. Um, really, the whole premise is just grouping like tasks together. Mm-hmm. So, let's say you have a bunch of client calls one day, or I'm doing something that just all the tasks are very similar. You want to group those together because you're already in that state of flow with that task. Okay. So that's worked really, really well. Um, I'll I'll just kind of book off an afternoon to do a similar activity. So if I'm let's say looking for new facilitators or looking at venue partners, then I'll kind of focus on doing that for one afternoon or one morning so that way I'm in that state of mind and I can get it done more efficiently. So having that routine um, has really, really helped and I also schedule in personal time because having your own business means your personal life blends with your business Mm -hmm. and there really is no separation. So I had to make a conscious effort to be like, there has to be time where I am off and I'm not thinking about it or I'm not, you know, even looking at Instagram to get inspiration or whatever or attending other events. Um, so I will block the time off, whether that's a workout or a walk or taking a bath or whatever it is. Um, having that self-care time really helps. So you, you're like a Google Cal girl. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Totally. Learning to color code everything. Yeah. Totally into it, but I also try and leave room for flexibility because mm. I don't want it to be so rigid. And I am, I think, a pretty easygoing person mm. that I like to not have it be like, I have to stick to this or else. Mm. Like Businesses change all the time life changes like I can't expect things to go according to this box that I would put myself in I mean look at your career trajectory I think that's a testament to that (laughs) yeah exactly so I try and be a little bit fluid and obviously leave room for for things to change around but um so far the kind of basic foundation and structure has worked really well for me oh that's great that's great and so for somebody who is listening and is like I love what you're doing. I want to also start my own kind of event company and and, and get into that. Like, what would you say are three things that they should do before launching their own company? Well, I think the first thing would be to really ask uh, themselves and figure out what it is they want to offer to people. Like, what are they looking to do? I think it's, a lot of people tend to say like, I want to launch my own business because of maybe the monetary reason, or I want to do it because of X, Y, and Z. But the questions to ask yourself really start with like, what are you offering that is different from what's already out there and what makes you unique and what is that thing that you're going to bring that's really special so if it is in the case of an events company it's like what's that one thing that you're going to give to people that they can't get anywhere else Um, then you want to kind of know where you're going to be connecting with them is it in real life is it online is it both Um, where are the people that you want to kind of gather where are they going to be so trying to figure out how you can go to those spots that they will be in and where what their behaviors are like what their activities are like um and then the third thing is how to like maintain that community i think you know in the era of crazy distractions and things changing all the time and fast-paced communities and societies i think it's really important to figure out like okay now i have them and they're part of this community but how can i make them stay and kind of be happy 
and continue to want to be part of it and get value out of it. Mm-hmm. How do you think you were able to do that? I think that's that's something that changes along the way. So over the past two years, um, we've grown in so many different ways and changed. So when we first started, we're offering um, activities in creativity, wellness, and personal growth. So all different events, but I take a lot of feedback from the community. So I'm constantly asking them what they want to see next. And based on their feedback, I actually create new experiences for them. So a lot of the ones have been born out of actually directly asking um, attendees in the past what they want. So some of the business experiences, for example, um, a lot of people at my events would ask me like, how did you start a business? Mm -hmm. And they want to know more about that. So I actually launched a series called Behind the Scenes of Business Ownership, Mm -hmm. which gives them a whole look into how I started it. And it's kind of a round table event that I attend and actually give them all these tips and tools that they can use to start their own business. So I'm always changing and kind of pivoting to follow the feedback Mm -hmm. of the audience. And recently we launched um, an exclusive Facebook group so people can connect online after they've attended the event. So if they happen to make a friend or they want to stay in touch with someone from the event, it's such a great place for people to then connect or plan to come to a workshop together. Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes people feel intimidated if they're coming alone and they might feel like, you know, kind of, I don't know if this is the right place for me or if it will be welcoming, but I like to think that all our workshops are extremely welcoming, Mm -hmm. but if they're coming with a friend that they might have met on our Facebook group or online community, then um, it's a great way to kind of connect in real life. Yeah. So so your community is based mainly on Facebook and on Instagram. Yes. Socially, um, yes. Those are kind of the two channels or we have an an email list that you can subscribe to and also be the first to know about upcoming events. Um, But yes, most of our experiences, I mean, we do them all in real life because Mm -hmm. we are trying to foster that real life connection. Which is like so hard in the digital age. It's so hard. And that's actually exactly why I launched it. Because when I was craving community and I was craving connection, I loved going to events and walking away feeling like, wow, I've only met this person for like five minutes. We did this activity together um, and we bonded and we kind of have similar interests. And all of a sudden I'm like, this is someone I could hang out with in Mm -hmm. the future. So I love being able to foster that and seeing people come together at the events that might have come alone and leave having made a friend um, or just people that come up to me give me feedback and say thank you for providing the space Mm -hmm. for me to connect with somebody Uh, that's always the nicest feeling I love that it's it's the best feeling for me as even somebody who attends you know a a few different events throughout the year it's so nice when you just like meet somebody and you're just like okay we're friends now. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like it's like yeah. You, I just vibe with that yes, person, and, and sometimes <laughs> it's so surprising when you do. You meet someone and you're like, within two minutes, you're like, I feel like I've known you for so, so long. long. Yeah, and, and I think that's what's so nice about being open and being open to meeting new people. And I think most people that come to our events um, have that that personality and mm-hmm. feel that that's why they're there because mm-hmm. there's something within them that's like curious. They're open to it. They're mm-hmm. willing to try a new activity. And so the energy just kind of aligns and, mm-hmm. and they walk away with a multitude of things, whether that's creating something for themselves physically, like a painting or uh, a macrame plant mm-hmm. hanger or coming to yoga, but then also leaving with those connections. Yeah. And, and, um, for those who don't know, uh, right now in Toronto, um, there's a Bumble app activation going on, and you know you're, you guys are also working on that, which yeah, is so that's cool. A really fun partnership. So not only do we offer the public workshops that you can buy tickets to, um, but we also do private experiences, mm-hmm. and we do events um, with partners like Bumble. So Bumble reached out to us, and they have an activation with like an Airstream van that's kind of going on tour around Ontario, so in Prince Edward County, Wasaga Beach, Muskoka, and then um, Toronto as well. 
And as part of the activation um, and then pr them promoting Bumble, uh, we have pop-up workshops that are free for people to go to. So we did watercolor painting and tie-dye. Um, we also have a calligraphy experience that people can come and just check out and hang out and mm -hmm. kind of connect. And this is only in July or is it also in August? Yeah, in July. Okay. So okay. it was all of July, towards the end of June and then all of July. So we did it for about oh, a month. That's um, so cool. Yeah, and then in August we have some fun. Uh, we're actually launching a series for entrepreneurs mm -hmm. as part of the whole feeling isolated as an entrepreneur, hearing that story so often. Um, I want to create a daytime series of workshops for people that work for themselves, work from home, or are freelancers or entrepreneurs mm -hmm. where they can come during the day and connect with people. Because okay. there's so many evening events out there, um, but sometimes it's like you're looking for that network of people that just get you, mm -hmm. and um, if you're available during the day, then we'll be doing some fun events like spin class and smoothies Ooh. and ways for you to connect that are outside of just grabbing your laptop and going to a cafe. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. So how can people sign up for that? So if you head to our website, it's just www.imbiria, E-M-B-I-R-I-A dot C-A um, slash experiences if you're looking for a specific workshop or you can check us out on Instagram at Imbiria and also Facebook okay. at Imbiria Life. That's awesome. So my final question is just when it comes to your career uh, from it, it's been, I think you, first of all, are a go-getter and you are a person who's willing to take risks yeah. you took a risk on your career and it really paid off and in my opinion that's somebody who is unapologetic at the point where they didn't care you didn't care you know what your friends were saying maybe what your family was saying right. you just kind of went for it now for somebody who's who's kind of like scared to make a leap like that and wants to be like you where they just kind of leap for it and took that risk how would you say they can build that confidence to be more unapologetic about their decisions? That's a great question because I think fear is the number one thing that holds people back from being them, their true selves. Um, and for me, it was about not even thinking about it. Like when I was doing it, it was just, this was in my gut. I was listening to my gut. I let all the noise around me get really, really quiet where I just kind of went inward and reflected and thought, what do I really want? And this is my life. It's not anyone else's life. What do I want out of this life? And I'm not going to make decisions based on anyone else because they're not the ones that have to live it. It's me that's going to have to be okay with whatever decisions that are made. So I constantly over the past two years in launching this and continuing to grow it have listened to my gut and my intuition and not let anyone's judgments or questions or comments veer me off course because I think as long as you're staying true to your gut, you will always be guided in the right direction and not feel like you have to apologize for being you. And I think that's what should be celebrated because everyone has their own unique things that they can bring to the world. And unless you truly figure out what that is by not listening to everyone else around you, that you can figure out your path and what you have to contribute. Mm -hmm. So although there will for sure be family and friends and people that just don't get what you're doing or will question why, hopefully you can let that noise all go away, listen to your gut and then come out on the other side of it kind of proving to them and showing them how you're capable of doing it and that it just is so true to you and you can have an example of success afterwards mm -hmm. to show them. That's incredible. Awesome. So um, before we go, what are your social links that people can follow if they want to keep in touch with, you know, the Imbiria events going on in the community yeah. um, and just keep in, in touch with you too because you're yeah, like so cool. Yeah, people can email me um, at palak at imbiria.ca if they ever have any direct questions. But um, you can find us on Instagram at Inberia. We post a lot about our upcoming experiences and just have a really fun community uh, there as well as our new Facebook group. So if you head to our page at Inberia Life, you can search us on Facebook. Um, we are there as well and you'll see all of the events pop up on there or subscribe to our mailing list mm -hmm. at www.inberia.ca.
Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Palette. This is great. Of course. All right. See you guys on the next episode then.